What's up, guys? You're listening to Corralis Radio, and I'm your host, Jeff Godbold from Godbold Exotics. Corralis Radio started because at the time, there was nothing like it out there. All the podcasts that were available were geared towards the common species of reptiles that we see in the hobby. But those of us who wanted to uh, learn more about arboreal reptiles or had an interest in arboreal reptiles, specifically tree boas, had no resources besides what we could find in books. That's how Corralis Radio was born. Corralis Radio is geared mainly towards the tree boa complex that makes up Corralis. These animals live in Central and South America, as well as some of the Caribbean islands. On occasion, we'll do off-topic episodes that range from varanids, arachnids, or other boa or python species that we find interesting or somewhat obscure. And as always, Corralis Radio is sponsored by Cold-Blooded Cafe, headed up by Desiree and started by Desiree and the late Forest Fanning, my good friends. So, as always, make sure you hit them up. If you're looking for a rodent supplier, make sure you let them know that I sent you. They'll get you taken care of. If you're dissatisfied with your current supplier, they've got the quality and the prices that can't be matched. I'm really happy with them. I use them. I've been using them for years, so I wouldn't stake my reputation on it if I really didn't believe in them. Again, thanks for listening, and now let's get to the guest. What's up, guys? Jeff here with Corralis Radio. Um, we're doing something kind of different tonight. Uh, I probably will start doing this a little bit more often. Um, so I know there's a lot of some of the podcasts out there um, do uh, their format is such that they have an episode with a guest. I mean, every episode is, has a guest on it. Um, I can't talk. Um, but some other podcasts out there like to do it to where they just talk and they kind of answer questions. I'm not going to one over the other, but I would kind of like to split it up, uh, maybe a 50-50 type thing uh, for a few reasons. Um, first and foremost, uh, there's only so many guests that you can have on the show. And while there's a lot of folks that I haven't had on the show uh, that um, I would like to get on the show, um, I do find myself venturing outside of Corrales probably about 50% of the time just because uh, I don't have a whole lot of guests to, to bring on. And, you know, that's not necessarily a bad thing or good thing. You know, it just is what it is. So I know that people like to have uh, something to listen to and they like to either, you know, while they're working, driving, whatever the case is, feeding animals. Um, I've gotten a lot of feedback that they they like the show. They want it, you know, keep them coming, stuff like that. Um, and unfortunately, it's just is what it is. I have to go outside of Corrales. So you do see a lot of off-topic episodes for that reason. But that kind of brings me to this episode because I don't have any guests on this episode. Um, and sometimes there are things that I would like to talk a little bit more about that's more just my opinion. And it's not necessarily conducive to the outline um, or the way the format is whenever I have a guest on the show. Because, you know, obviously I don't want to take away from their time being on the show. I don't want to talk over them. Uh, So I want to give them the floor and let them do most of the talking. And let's be honest, you know, that's really the reason you guys are listening to the show. Because that particular guest is on. So... One thing I've wanted to talk about is cages, and I've wanted to talk about this a lot um, for a long time, 
and sometimes I can get some of my buddies to come on and dis- to discuss cages, but I have used so many different types of cages um, that I kind of wanted to talk about my own personal opinions and my experiences with them uninterrupted. So if you guys are interested in cages, these can be applied to a lot of different stuff. As you guys know, Corralis isn't the only thing that I keep, um, but uh, I, I think it's uh, good to kind of go over these things because they can be used for Corralis. They work for Corralis, and hopefully I can run through some pros and cons of each one. So um, what I'm, I guess we can go, let me go through each one of these, and then I'll talk about what I'm currently using. Um, and what I plan to use. So uh, hopefully you guys can find this kind of enjoyable. I don't know. You know, leave me some feedback if you don't like it. Um, In some ways I care, some ways I don't. But anyway, um, yeah, definitely let me know if you liked it or not. Um, And sometimes it may be, uh, this is also worth noting, if you guys tell me like specific topics, um, there, you know, sometimes I can't get those folks to come on um, like, you know, I've tried to get, uh, cage manufacturers to come on the show because I thought they were better, uh, suited to, to talk about their product and to talk about what sets them apart from their competition. Um, and it's not because I'm trying, I wasn't making any money off of that. Um, and that wasn't part of them coming on. It was just, you know, I think caging gets overlooked. You know, we spend a ton of money on animals and then we throw them in a, in a tub and, you know, and while I do think that, uh, the aesthetics of the cage comes behind the functionality of it for the animal and what the animal needs. Um, I do think it's, you know, worth investing in, in cages. You know, if you're, if you're just throwing some pieces of plywood together and you just spent two grand on a green tree python, I, I don't know if you're thinking uh, that completely through. Um, I, I, it leaves me scratching my head a little bit. And I have seen guys with some of the most and girls with some of the most beautiful animals out there and they just have them in these cages that you know like a 10 gallon tank or something like that and i get it with some of the stuff like you can kind of get away with it with big tubs you know you, you can meet their needs and uh it doesn't break the bank and you know for those that like rack systems it works awesome but in some cases and you see it a lot you know there's a lot of do-it-yourself stuff that you know, it doesn't look like it's really made with the animal in mind. So anyway, that's just a little, little tangent, but, um, I'm going to go through, uh, kind of a list of cages. Um, and I have used a lot of them. Um, one, one that I will talk about is, uh, the do it yourself cages. Now I, I'm not very good with tools. So the do-it-yourself one, unless it's like something involving tubs, is kind of a hard one for me. I'm not, first of all, I don't have a lot of the tools and I don't feel the most confident with um, exact measurements and stuff like that and having things cut by hand to be exact um, because look, you know, I'm not getting a CDC saw nor do I even know how to use one. So, um, or CNC saw, sorry. Uh, but anyway, the do-it-yourself stuff I think works. Um, if you if you make sure, like I think you have to have some type of knowledge of materials. You have to obviously know your animal that's going in there, and you have to have some knowledge of working with tools. Um, if you can do that, 
if you already are good, like if you're good with carpentry or, you know, you're good with sawing things and, and, uh, measuring out, you know, raw materials and, and what you're going to need. And if you're good with that stuff and you know, the, the chemical properties of the material that you're using and what works best, like, does it need to be, uh, you know, pre-treated before you put an animal in there for any type of humidity, or is it something that's going to do really well because it doesn't, the animal going in there is a desert dwelling species, or, you know, is it thick? Is it going to sag? Those are things that you have to know about the materials that you use. And, um, I think that if you have the, the ability to, meaning the, the skill to work the tools and to make it look you know, right, I guess, in your opinion, and then I think the do-it-yourself stuff is awesome. Um, I've seen some do-it-yourself cages that totally blew a lot of my commercials, commercially bought stuff away, and it's mostly because the guys that are using them know exactly what they're doing with those tools. They know how to, uh, to you know, make the cages. So, like, some of the nicest homemade cages I have seen um, come from a, a green tree python keeper by the name of James. I don't know how to say his last name. Opal uh, or Opal. I, I'm not quite sure. I don't know, dude. If James, if you're listening, I don't know if you're a, a cabinet maker or if you're a carpenter or what your skill set is, but you make some of the freaking awesomest cages. Is awesome stored. You guys make or you make some of the coolest cages out there, and I've even got pictures of your green tree python room downloaded on my phone because i think the cages are so so cool now the thing with the do-it-yourself stuff i think is my personal opinion is it's not really beneficial to you unless you're the one that's building it if you're having someone else build you a do-it-yourself then it really kind of defeats the purpose because now you're going to be paying them for their time and their labor and their materials which is really what you pay for when you buy a commercially made cage so if you're going to do it yourself do it yourself (laughs) if that makes sense you know um because then i don't really think you're saving any money or any anything now and and a lot of times the do it yourself stuff if you're buying it from the person that's making it they're going to upcharge you because that's it's not their job and they're doing it kind of as a favor or a hobby or something like that so they're probably going to ask for more than what someone that just has like a bolt cage size that they make in large numbers you know it's going to cost you more than that my opinion but you know teach their own um so that's pretty much the only one i'm talking about today that i haven't used i mean i've used some tub designs but like making a cage for myself i i've never done that all right, so let's go to vision. Uh, the vision cages, I think, um, the older design are really cool, um, but they work really well uh, for a certain setting. Uh, they don't hold temperatures very well, in my opinion. Um, I lived, used to live in Florida, and mine were terrible at holding temperatures. Um, so if you have a super steady room that doesn't get too warm, um, or, uh, I'm sorry, too cool, then I think that they could work for you. Also, you don't have a lot of wiggle room on, uh, size. I mean, they have a bunch of different models, but like, I don't know of them doing custom work. And the biggest thing is I was looking at some of these things on, 
uh, online. I guess that there's a new, they were bought by a, another company, so they're under new ownership, and their prices are really expensive. Um, I mean, they were kind of pricey before, but like they've totally gone up from there now. I, I mean, I someone who wants to spend five hundred dollars on a cage, like to me, that's for a single animal. Um, I think you could get a really nice cage for half of that, um, unless it's just a really big size or something. Uh, but yeah, so like I, I personally don't like visions. I don't like them because I don't like their price. I don't like them because I don't think that, uh, they are a, like the, the chemical properties of that plastic that they use doesn't keep temperatures for crap. Um, again, if you're in a, uh, if your room doesn't ever drop that cool and it stays pretty toasty in there and you use proportional, uh, heat panels or thermostats on heat panels your your heat panels aren't going to run a ton and, and your cage will stay at optimal temps but if it drops low which i had a house with poor insulation when i lived in florida um for a while anyway and when it would get dropped down in the winter time because uh, i was in north florida so it would get down to the 30s in some spots um you know my animals i felt like suffered and i just anyway I'm not a huge fan of Vision. I have seen some setups uh, with Vision cages, though, that look really, really good. So if you know how to use them, you know how to set them up, um, I think it's great. And you have the money for them. I think that's another uh, thing that, you know, you got to you you can still get something that's really aesthetically pleasing that's within your budget because there's a lot of different options out there. Um, also, the heat shroud. I'm not a huge fan of the heat shroud on the Vision cages. I feel like it's just wasted space. Uh, they should make it an option. I know you can call them and get it without it. Um, so maybe that's just something they don't advertise that much, but I know people that have done that. Next one is bars, Doug Barr. I met Doug Barr, um, in the early two thousands at the Daytona show. And, uh, Doug is a really, really nice guy. I, I think that, uh, he's kind of a, one of the old OGs with Felsuma. I know he used to breed a lot of Felsuma, but anyway, um, uh, I think really the best way to get bars cages are through, um, uh, gosh, I'm drawing a blank. Um, the best way to get the bars cages are actually through his distributors, which he's got Jason down in Texas, which I think is JPM reptilia. And the one over up, uh, on the East coast, Paul Mitchell with PM reptiles or PM herps. I mean, you can get them both for, and he's in Pennsylvania, I believe. Um, so you can get them from those two individuals and maybe if you're on the West coast and you want bars, it might be better to get them from Jason than Paul. Um, however, Paul is a little quicker, uh, on response time. Um, I can get an email, uh, from him responded to quicker than Jason will reply to a text. So it's, you know, no slight on either one of those guys. I'm just kind of, like I said at the beginning of this episode, I'm just kind of putting my opinions out there. Um, some of you may agree with them or disagree with them. I don't really care. Um, but I am putting it out there because I just wanted folks to hear my thoughts on some of these, uh, different, uh, companies. And if they plan on getting cages, it might be something worth listening to. So again, aside from the do it yourself stuff, all these cages I've used. So Doug, I personally like a one piece design over having to screw panels together and seal cages. So that's one thing I love about the bars cages. One thing I don't like about them 
is they turn yellow um, after you know a few years. So um, the functionality of them is awesome. They're super lightweight. They're not very expensive. It's a one-piece design, so everything's already sealed for you. Um, but the only thing is the aesthetic. So if you don't like white cages, which is you know they're white, and you don't like yellow. Um, yellowing, which that's going to happen after a long period of use, uh, then maybe that's not the cage for you. But if you don't care about that stuff, all you care about is functionality and you like the look of them now, you figure that you can live with them if they yellow a bit, um, then maybe it's a good good cage. I used to keep chondros exclusively back in Florida and I, I had a room full of bars cages. That's all I used were bars cages. So I had them on racks and at that time I was using lamps as my heat source um, but you can get them without the vent no problem and you can use the heat panel now I've heard some people talk about how thin they are um, I actually like them because they're lightweight they're easy to move I I'm so sick of moving cages um, and that some of them are heavy so for me I like the lightweight part of it but I also never had issues with temps even in my house that i lived in that didn't have the greatest insulation i never had any problems with temps so um you might take that one for a grain of salt i don't know i, I again i was living in florida um so i i'm not sure what it would be like if you used them up north but i mean that's what paul uses and paul lives in pennsylvania and he uses them exclusively so um maybe that might be worth doing a little more research on it i'm not sure um, but I really like bars. I use them extensively in the past. I think they're a great cage. Um, Exoterra. I, I hear people dogging on the Exoterras a lot. Um, and I don't know if it's just like a trendy thing or if, or what. But I, I personally think Exoterras are an awesome cage. Um, now, with that said, you will have to modify it some. Um, if you're keeping snakes or... Um, and you have any type of temperature fluctuations and stuff like that, I think a smarter thing to do would be either to have or make a piece to go in lieu of using the screen top um, and make it out of either PVC or acrylic. Um, and then you can, uh, you can fashion it to the top of the cage and however you want. You could silicone it, whatever, and then you can uh, mount a heat panel on it and use an interior light. Um, I that's that's for snakes and stuff if you're into like geckos or tarantulas and stuff like that or inverts i think the exoterras are great i think they're probably one of the best cages out on the market for displaying i mean i've walked into people's houses and i've seen them with you know the very simplistic like pvc cage design newspaper substrate you know a, if there's a perch in there it's a, a pvc pipe you know with a water bowl um i've seen some like that and then I've seen some people that have kind of gone the naturalistic route with just a walls and wall to wall of, of, of exoterras. And I'm telling you what, man, those exoterras are nice to look at. Um, I've been to the reptarium and that's pretty much, I know his are Zoomed, but it's, you know, kind of the equivalent, like that's all he uses. Um, if you, if you're okay, keeping the glass clean, I think they're a freaking awesome cage. And if you have a way to maybe modify the top and you're okay with it, they're also a great cage. And I don't think they're very expensive. I mean, the 18 by 18 by, uh, 24, you can get for 
90 bucks or 107 bucks or something like that, which is cheaper than what you're going to pay for it from a cage maker. Um, now, glass doesn't have the insulation properties that PVC does, so you have to take that into consideration uh, with, you know, may possibly having to do some uh, modifications to the top. But I like Exoterra's. I've used them before. Um, they're they're just, uh, the reason I don't use them is because I don't feel like having to buy a rack to stack them. I, they don't stack. I mean, well, I guess you probably could stack them, but with it being glass, I don't think that's very smart. Um, so I have kind of gotten away from them because I want to be able to stack cages and, and I have such little space right now in my shed that I don't really want to fill it with a rack because that could take up a few inches all around the cage that I could, you know, maybe squeeze another... Uh, bank of cages in but um anyway that's exoterra they're not very expensive i don't know if i mentioned that i think i did um they're you know th they are what they are there's not really anything i mean they've been out forever so um you know i don't think there's very much research needed but uh anyway if you're going with if you if you don't mind glass i think they're probably the best option um Repti racks. Now they're not around anymore, um, but I did have a stack of cages from them. Um, from what I could gather, I from what I've read, the guy was a, a nightmare to deal with. Um, I mean, they're on fauna when it used to be open to everybody. The BOI, you could just find thread after thread on this guy about uh, poor customer service and you know broken you know shoddy materials. Blah blah blah. The list went on, but. I had a stack of cages from him and they were solid. I mean, I don't have any, he never screwed me over. Um, so I don't have anything negative to say about the guy. And he, you know, the cages I had worked awesome and they looked really good. So, you know, I don't know whatever happened to him. I think he probably, if everything's true about how he used to treat people, I think that probably did it because eventually you treat people poor enough. They'll start, they'll stop coming to you. Um, but anyway, that's Reptiracks. They're not around anymore, so it's kind of a mute uh, mention uh, for this episode. But um, I'm now to like, where are we at now? Oh, Jim Sharphorn with PVC cages. So I've used his cages before, um, and I like them. I think they're a really good uh, PVC cage. Um, he used to have a lot of different options for people. Um, I've used his racks and his cages, and I don't have anything negative to say about either of them. Um, however, I think now, uh, I was looking at his site, he's gone to just basically um, three different links with maybe an option or two for height and depth, and that's it. Um, you know, maybe if you put, a lot of people do custom work for you, I should probably say that. A lot of people do custom work for you as long as you're making a, a, a large enough order, but the problem is, is that a lot of, each cage that someone makes or each panel they have to make jigs and stuff to have the right measurements so that it's cut properly. And, you know, if you're just buying, if, if they're doing custom work and they're, you know, they're trying to obviously keep their costs down to stay competitive, but they still want to make it beneficial for them where they're making money off of it. Um, I would say that, you know, you gotta, you gotta be buying a lot of stuff, um, for it to be worth them to go through all that, that, uh, you know, all the prep work to, to get you the right uh, jigs and stuff to cut your size cage. Um, so uh, I think that's kind of why Jim Sharphorn quit quit doing that. But anyway, he makes a really good cage. I, like I said, I've used his cages and his racks. Um, I don't have anything. 
he's kind of an, uh, a lot of the Condro guys uh, or Condro group, I guess, um, has really um, used his stuff for a long time. I mean, he's been around for a long time. So uh, a lot of the Condro community uh, is well aware of, of Jim Sharporn. Um, so uh, if you're interested in his stuff, it's pbccages.com. Now, uh, the next one is actually a uh, guy that I met uh, a couple years ago, um, Doug Songer with Dragon Hoss MFG. Um, he's a, he works with PVC as well. Um, I have a wall of soon to be two walls of his cages. Um, I have a wall of cages already that, that's been in use for over a year. Um, they're uh, three stacks of three, so a total of nine um, arboreal style cages for my Amazon tree boas. And then I have another stack of four cages coming. Um, so he, anyway, he, uh, he does a lot of really good work. He's got a website. He'll do more custom work than probably any of the other guys I mentioned um, so far. So uh, if you're looking to have something custom built, uh, Doug has always come through, and from what I've been told by other people, seems to be open to doing that stuff. So um, you might want to try him out. He's in Washington and comes down to Northern California sometimes. So if he's making a trip down here and you're you're out going to be in the area or maybe you live you know, somewhere close to here, you, he may deliver them to you. You might just have to drive a little way to get them, but um, that might be, you know, might save you cost of having a ton of stuff shipped. All right. Um, next one, um, animal plastics. So, uh, animal plastics, that's, uh, they've been around forever. Um, I have, uh, a cup, I have used animal plastics in the past. I used to have two, uh, what is it? 24 tub racks from them or something. Basically I had two tubs of, of racks that were about six feet tall. I don't know how many tubs that was, but, um, I had two animal plastics racks and then I had, uh, two stacks of animal plastics cages. Now I bought these all secondhand off a buddy of mine and they worked great. Um, I prefer the heat cable over the flex watt. I just, for, for a lot of reasons, I think the heat cable is a safer option. Um, I also think it's easier to work with than the flex watt, but flex watt is most common. I've, you know, had flex watt malfunction and, you know, us have been within probably an hour or two of a catastrophe. But, um, anyway, i I like animal plastics cages. Um, I've got one right now that is their arboreal um, display cage. Now they've also redone their website and added a ton of stock cage designs. So their their website is now much user more user friendly, and it's you know easy to uh, navigate, and you can find a lot of different sizes that you would have to ask them about specifically before with the old site. Um, so my favorite right now are the animal plastics. Um, I've got, uh, whatever they have done to their, I mean, just everything. Um, the only thing that sucks about them and I'll be, you know, everybody knows it is, uh, the, the, the weight, the lead time is awful. Um, I, I do kind of question why you would continue to 
take business if you're not able to keep up with the demand. In my opinion, that means you need to start rethinking your business model and maybe add employees or add space or both. Um, But again, I'm not in that position, so there could be other things involved that I'm not thinking of. Uh, But animal plastics, if you're okay with the weight, um, then they are, in my opinion, the best cage out there. Um, And I'd probably say my runner-up is the Reptile Basics. Um, I've, when, whenever Greg Maxwell sold his collection to Bobby Keller, um, I went down because Bobby lived in, uh, Orlando and I was in Jacksonville. So it was just an hour and 45 minutes. So I went down there right after he acquired the collection of Greg's. Um, and I guess maybe he bought them through. So maybe I can't remember if it went to Andrew Kelly and then Andrew Kelly sold it to, uh, Bobby, or if it was if sold to Bobby and then Bobby sold it to Andrew Keller, I can't, or, uh, or I'm sorry, Andrew uh, Kelly, I can't remember. But um, anyway, I went down there and saw them. Uh, aside from the beautiful snakes, the green tree pythons that you know you had read about in books, um, there, all of his cages were reptile ba- uh, reptile basics. Um, and I've used some of uh, Reptile Basics' new display cages. Um, now, the, the ones that I saw in Bobby's Green Tree Python collection, they were uh, wall-to-wall. I actually had two rooms full of them. Um, they were those 34 by 18 by 18s which I think is just an awesome size and a great cage. Man, they look really, really slick. Um, but now uh, your, Rich is doing some other sizes for, for caging as well. So anyway... Um, I think that they would probably be my second pick if I wasn't going to go with animal plastics. Um, I know that there's, you know, I didn't really get into racks. Um, you know, I, I think there's a lot of options out there that I didn't talk about. Obviously if I didn't have experience with them, um, I didn't feel like I would, I should probably bring them up. Uh, some of the, like one big one is boophile. Like I've never used boophile plastics, but I know a lot of people love them. Um, habitat systems, same thing with habitat systems. Uh, they were outrageously priced, um, and I don't really like the design. Having flex watt in between two panels kind of scares me a, a bit with the way that they, you know, their patented design. But there are folks that use them and absolutely love them. So, you know, I I think it's worth mentioning those ca- habitat systems is no longer around. So anything you find um, is going to be secondhand probably. Uh, and it will probably still be expensive. Um, but, uh, there's some other, uh, brands out there. There's a lot of smaller companies, uh, like, um, that I've never used, but you know, that are all over Facebook. Um, there are those new focus cages that have all the, the splatter paint or whatever on them. Um, kind of a, a futuristic type design to those cages with their, the shapes of their doors and stuff. But, um, there's a lot of stuff out there. I, I know that everybody has different circumstances. Either you're keeping different species, your space limitations uh, may force you to get certain cage sizes. Uh, finances are a big one. You know, Obviously, if you have a lot of money to spend, uh, then you're going to be able to get uh, nicer cages. However, I do think it's important to note that you should probably not don't buy an animal and have no 
way of getting a cage for it or have not thought that out. Um, don't buy an animal thinking that, you know, you're going to spend all your money on this animal and you're just going to throw it in a, in a tub. Um, like maybe that might work for an advanced keeper that knows exactly what that animal needs and they can make it work with uh, limited materials. But somebody that doesn't, that that's probably, in my opinion, a little bit irresponsible and kind of sucks for the animal. So I think it's it's important to do your research and to make sure you have a means to care for that animal until it becomes an adult. Um, you know, a lot of people buy stuff, and it's happened to me, uh, where you buy a species and then you think about it and you're like, you know what? This animal, I could fit three on this wall or I could get rid of this and not keep these snakes and be able to fit nine cages where those three cages would be. You know, those are questions that you've got to ask yourself and determine if it's right for you. Um, you know, I know some folks that have spent big money on caging and I'm not necessarily saying that you have to do that uh, to have healthy animals or to have a collection worth you know, having people over to, to gawk and oogle over. Um, but I do think that, uh, you got to put some type of priority on how you're going to house the animals that, uh, you either are about to acquire or have acquired. Um, and there are some companies out there that are just really, really, um, you know, really legit companies that, you know, I, I kind of have it, you know, I, I have a certain number in my mind that if I need something in that size, it works for me and it's, I, I don't need to go look for anywhere else. Um, so, you know, or, or there's folks out there that like to try a bunch of different stuff out this, you know, the list that I read you guys, that's over, you know, years and years and years of just trying different stuff. Um, I, I've all, I have done aquariums too, but you know, I didn't, feel like they were even, I don't even want anybody to look at aquariums <laughs> who might be looking at a cage for their animals. So let's go ahead and not even go there. But, uh, you know, it's, it's fun to kind of talk cages. There are some great stuff. Um, like I said, my preferred cages are animal plastics. I realize I have to wait, but that's okay. If I'm going to have the room that I ha want, if my animals are going to be happy and it's going to be something that I'm going to be proud of, I've got no problem waiting four to six months until my cages get there. And if I have to order a little bit at a time, I'm okay with that too. You know, I'm not busting out of the seams where I've got to have adult cages all at once for everything. Um, but my preferred cages are the animal plastics. Uh, I like black. Um, I've used white cages before and, uh, I know a lot of people like to, to have them because they think they look cleaner. I've never been able to keep mine clean, Mine gets smudges on it. Like I could have gotten up from eating dinner and for some reason I didn't wash my hands or something like that. And you, you know, it doesn't take, you know, or it could have something on my clothes that I would scuff up, you know, put a, a smudge on a white cage. So for me, I like the black more. Um, I like it the way the animals pop against the background, the black background. Um, and I, I like that black isn't going to show the dirt and stuff. I mean, you know, stuff discolors not only because you know i i'm not really worried about you know i use substrate and stuff like that so that's kind of why i'm i'm not really worried about there being any kind of 
you know, I don't expect my cages to stay spotless on the inside of the cage. Um, I guess that's what I'm trying to say. But I really like them. Uh, again, if I was going to go with a second uh, person to, to use their cages exclusively, it'd probably be Reptile Basics. They've just got some funky size stuff that um, I just didn't want to, because I would be sacrificing space if I was going to get uh, use their sizes. And I didn't need enough for him to justify making me custom cages. Um, if I was going to buy like homemade cages or if money wasn't an option, I'd probably have James Opal make me a bunch of wooden cages that were, you know, probably weighed 400 pounds, but, you know, they were built to last and they look awesome. So uh, those cages, I just love the way they look. Um, that's pretty much it. You know, I... I'm going to try and do these a little more, you know, where they're not quite as long. Um, I try to stay around hour and 20 to hour and uh, 45 minutes on uh, the guest podcast. But I'm going to try and do some little short ones like these that are just 35, 45 minutes long. And um, hopefully, you know, I can give you guys more material to listen to without sounding like an idiot. Um, Anyway. But uh, that's going to pretty much do it for this one. It's just a short little episode. I hope you guys liked it. Um, feel free to reach out to me at corralsradio at gmail.com if you want. Also, uh, we have uh, kind of changed over to Buzzsprout. Um, so uh, everything's still available on Google um, iTunes as well as Android so you can listen to the podcast there Um, but if you would like to uh, I did open up a Patreon page if you're interested in becoming a a Patreon supporter um, there's just a couple packages there that you can uh, see which one works for you if it's something you're interested in but as you know the podcast isn't free every little bit helps and you could go on over there and you could check it out and there might be some little uh, perks uh, involved with it for me basically me just saying thank you for your contribution so anyway uh if you're interested again go over to patreon slash uh, patreon.com slash corralis radio um and you'll be able to find out or you could google it um as well let's see what else am i forgetting um that's pretty much it anyway thanks for uh thanks for listening thanks for your support um and until next time you have been listening to corralis radio